the end of a project you can feel quite tired and overwhelmed or even frustrated to get it done. So you really want to really work at maintaining a positive mindset and staying calm. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. It's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. So I'm here with Harriet today. And those of you who are particularly mischievous today, so that's why I've got her on my knee. Okay, so I've been away for almost a month. And so I'm back and I thought that I would record a teaching episode today. And I'm going to be talking about completing a project. So this is for some people find this completing a project quite challenging and I'm one of them. Others absolutely revel in it. But I want to share with you some tips to make your completion go much smoother. And I've got, let me count them up, 15 tips. Okay, so number one is make the painter the last trade on your program. So bring the painter in very last if you can. The only work I'll be doing after the paint has gone through is maybe carpet. You might put the carpet down very last, but that's it. Now, painters will often be quite impatient because they will have quoted at the beginning and then when they're last in the program, usually somewhere along the line, will get in touch with you and say, I've got a gap in my workload can I come and get started? Now, it seems reasonable that they should get started. However, you will find that if your painter gets started and finished before the project is finished, then you either have to bring the painter back or you need to do the touch-ups yourself because it doesn't matter how careful your trades are. There is always damage done to the fresh paintwork when trades come in after the painting is done. So you want to try and avoid that at all costs if you can. Next point, point two, is start your landscaping early in your project. So the external work, I have been guilty of leaving it late in the project. I will, you know, think, oh, I'll get that started when I've got everything else moving. And then all of a sudden we're looking in at the last few weeks of the project haven't even started and my enthusiasm and energy has run out I'm feeling pretty burnt out and so that's not a good scenario so if you can manage to get that planned and get it started early you'll avoid that that sense of burnout and also you'll get a better job I was very grateful that we had a team headed up by the Lambs on our class project and they started really early. So that was fantastic because by the time we finished the project, the landscaping was finished as well. Of course, you don't want to be doing any work near the walls of the house when you've got painting or rendering or roof work to be done. You need to juggle that. But on the whole, you want to make sure that you're getting going with that early. Third thing is know that you will need to clean the property several times. Now, you will budget for one builder's clean 
and that needs to be done by someone who's experienced at cleaning renovations because someone that's not experienced will probably do more damage than it's worth. So paint and grout and all sorts of things get end up on tiles and glass and on the bath and what you don't want is someone inexperienced trying to get it off because they will damage it, scratch it and so on. And once glazed finishes are scratched, there is nothing you can do other than to replace them. So you don't want to be in that scenario. But you'll definitely need to have one builder's clean to to get the bulk of the property clean. So that's vacuuming and wiping out all the cupboards, cleaning all the surfaces, floors, windows, window frames, door runners, getting all the dust and grime out of it and but of course before you go to market you'll find that you'll probably have to do one maybe two more cleans because I don't know I think the dust becomes airborne and you will have only had the builders clean clean through a day or two before and all of a sudden you're still seeing more dust accumulating so you want to factor that in and be prepared to clean a few times and also have some facility for cleaning in between opens. The fourth point is to give yourself time and also to get help, okay? So I am notorious putting a line in the sand and saying it's going to be finished by this day and then just going like the clappers until it does get done. But I actually don't think that is it's all that wise to do because you really want to give yourself enough time, one, to enjoy the process and also and to make sure that you do it well and you get everything completed to a high standard. It doesn't really matter how organised you are. It does, there always does seem to be a lot of work at the end. So if you can enlist family and friends as a little working bee team, then you will find that will hold you in good stead. Point five, create lists and more lists. Don't all keep all the completion details in your head. Good lists will also help you to delegate tasks, okay? So keep a list for yourself and also another list for your team or have a joint list. We keep our lists on Google Sheets or Google Docs so that everyone can edit that same document and tasks can be assigned to different people. So styling is not negotiable, but it doesn't make up for poor decisions, okay? So I think sometimes some renovators think if I get really amazing styling, it'll, you know, it will fix a lot of problems with my design. And in some ways that's true, but it's really important to make sure you get your design right and not leave all the heavy lifting to your styling. So there are two main ways of doing styling. Either you do DIY or you use a styling company to do it for you. Either way, ensuring that styling reflects your vision and suits your target market is really important. If you're doing the styling yourself, start early get your colour palette sorted out and start looking for your styling elements early so you're not, you can stick to a budget and have a good outcome. Don't forget Facebook Marketplace and also like 
There's some things that we, particularly artwork, I've sort of built up a bit of a repertoire of artwork because they need to be, they need, not necessarily, don't need to be expensive, but when you're trying to get ready for a project, you don't want to be in a position where you can't find what you need or it's going to blow your budget. So if you start early, you're always better off. Kmart's great for some styling things, taking things from home. Temple and Webster is really excellent. I have to say I really, I guess, enjoy using some things from Kmart, but I'm becoming less and less, I guess, excited about it because it's a bit like fast fashion, fast styling. It's sort of just producing a lot of, I guess, landfill, and so I'm sort of trying to move away from that. Plan on reselling items after you've sold. So a great way to style your home is to order everything like I have actually ordered most of the furniture from Temple and Webster, had it turn up, set up the house, and when the property is sold, I would resell the um, furniture that I've bought. Styling is also a great opportunity for to add to your wow stacking. So... If you remember, wow stacking is where we create, we layer up the wows in the property. So when someone steps in the front door, you want to take their breath away. So you want to keep adding to that and styling is a great way to do that, particularly by using some featured pieces that might be a beautiful chair in a bedroom or it might be a gorgeous plant. Unfortunately, a lot of companies don't use real plants. They tend to use, when you're using a styling company, um, they tend to use fake plants. So if you're styling yourself, that's an edge for you because you're able to use real plants. But the other thing is you want to be creating emotional touch points in the home that people will fall in love with. So little vignettes that really tug on the, the buyer's heartstrings. Uh, the next one is brief the photographer to highlight your most important wow features. Get the photography done before the sign board goes up and review the image that goes onto that signboard. Make sure that it shows the property in its best light, shows the strongest feature in the property. You will be surprised how poor real estate agents are at doing this. I've often seen a signboard and the centrepiece of the image is a really ugly outdoor setting. So so they've not focused on the right thing when they're taking the photo. Next one, maximise your street appeal. Does the lawn need fertilising or weeding? Do that early so that falls into your landscaping and just make sure the property looks the best it can. Number nine is make sure that you educate your real estate agent. They may be skilled at selling or negotiating, but they don't know your property like you do. And let them know any expectations you have for how they conduct the sale, okay? So the things that you want the agent to point out to the buyer, something that I'm really particular about is I want to know the negative feedback. I like to get negative feedback because it lets me know that people are thinking about the property seriously But if you get the negative feedback, then you have the opportunity to address that buyer objections so that you can give them the answers to those, to any buyer objections that they get that they might not have an answer for. 
So little things like, I think I might have mentioned this in another episode, but we installed a mealy fridge in a kitchen in the class project and one of the buyer objections was one of the, well some of the feedback was that the fridge was too small because it was just 600 white like it was quite tall but they're not that integrated fridges aren't that big and so I just said to the agent if that is a deal breaker then just let them know that all they need to do is ask for something to be put into the contract that if they're the successful bidder, we will reconfigure the fridge recess so that their fridge fits into it and then that's no longer a problem. Particularly when you're going to auction, you want every person that looks at your property as a potential buyer. The other thing you want to be doing with your real estate agent is building rapport so that you have an open relationship with them so that they feel comfortable about giving you the negative feedback. Some owners are quite defensive about it. I see it as an opportunity to in, to address something that might be a problem. This may seem obvious, but I'll say it anyhow. Set the opens at a time when the property looks its best. Okay, so if you've got the your beautiful open indoor-outdoor kitchen living opening up to the rear yard, which let's say it faces west, then you won't be having the opens late in the afternoon because you won't be having your opens late in the afternoon because you don't want to highlight the fact that the Western Sun belts in there. So get a building report done or building and pest report done before, well before you go to market and review it as early as possible and respond as needed. Understand the role of the person preparing the report because they are more often than not spending most of their energy covering their backs, okay, and will often sort of gloss over things that you have spent your hard-earned money on to produce a superior product. So some of the things like we had put a, uh, we fully restored the roof so it had a 10-year guarantee. He had said it looks like it's been painted, okay. Things like the building inspector said recommended that the electricals be reviewed with the view that they may need upgrading. Well, we had already upgraded the electricals, so we got that change to reflect reality because otherwise it makes your renovation look like something that's been a quick and dirty renovation and that doesn't help your buyer's perception of your property. Prepare a handover manual. This is something that I really like to do. It becomes a valuable marketing document and it educates your real estate agent as well as your prospective buyer. So it also gives them something to think about and sets your property apart from other properties. So in it, you will describe the renovation and go through item by item so that buyers actually get a, an indication of the quality of the project that you're selling. Okay, and the f- last point is is to get support to manage your emotions. It is a really emotional time. It doesn't matter how many projects you've done. Well, I, I'm speaking for myself now. I always feel like quite anxious when we go to sale. Your mindset is just as important now as it is at any other time in your project. So something that often comes up is that sense of haven't done enough and that's more of the feelings of not being enough. 
And you can feel also at the end of a project, you can feel quite tired and overwhelmed or even frustrated to get it done. So you really want to really work at maintaining a positive mindset and staying calm. Okay, so that's my points for completing a reno. Yeah, I'd really love to hear whether you have any tips to add to that list. So if you do, I'd love you to maybe come over to the She Renovates Facebook group and start up a chat there. And the next thing I want to do is to read out a beautiful review that we received recently. And I'll also tell you what I've been up to because I've been away for a month. So Google review. So we did a bit of a campaign on Google reviews. One of the downsides of running a business is you always have to worry about these sorts of things. But anyhow, so this came from Tracy Field and she said, I've completed a number of renovation courses and workshops, but I have to say that by far I found the School of Renovating to provide the best ongoing support, a strong interactive community that has a large number of members who are actively engaged in renovating and who have no hesitation in sharing their renovation experience and projects. The school provides regular ongoing content through their Facebook group, fantastic podcasts on a wide range of topic topics through their sister group, She Renovates, and great webinars that engage experts from a wide range of areas within the industry to learn from. They have a strong commitment to their students achieving their outcomes. My participation in the course and connection with the community has given me the support and courage I have needed to undertake my journey towards my property goals. I have started my journey with renovating my investment property and should be ready to take it to market in a few weeks. I'm just finishing the downstairs flooring. I'll be excited to share my results with the School of Renovating group to show them what I've achieved because of their support. I've included a before and after of the kitchen cosmetic reno. So that's a really beautiful review and I'm really grateful to Tracy for sharing that. So it's what we set out to achieve, but, you know, unless you tell us, we never really know that we're getting there. So that's really amazing. So I mentioned to you that I have been away for nearly a month because my mum died two weeks ago. So I spent quite a lot of time with her beforehand and my two brothers and then we had to organise a funeral and I feel not sad for her because she had no quality of life and so she's gone to her next, gone on to her next chapter but I do really miss her and she was a really important, I guess, person, probably more than just a mother because she has really inspired my journey with the School of Renovating. And I have to say for a few, quite some time after she left us, I really felt like I really felt like I wanted to toss everything in. But one of the things that one of her philosophies was that when you love your what you do, uh, that then it becomes therapy and she's so right. And so I'm back on deck and really honouring her, I guess, her messages through life 
around doing your best and being of service to others. And so, yeah, that's really the spirit in which I've come back to work. So we were in about to run a workshop called Women in Renovating Workshop. And, of course, we had to suspend that for a period of time, but we've set a new date. And so I come back to that with renewed vigour and in her honour to really provide amazing, I guess, content and support to you. So if renovating is high on your agenda at the moment, then I invite you to come and join us and you can do that by typing into Google www.schoolofrenovating.com forward slash women in renovating. And I will see you there. So that's it for another week. So take care and I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com. 